The Angels looked great against the Astros. Patrick Sandoval looked great against the Astros. And Kurt Suzuki looked incredible against the Astros. And John gives Kurt Suzuki an apology. Sorry. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. You are with the Frisch Brothers. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. What a game on Tuesday night. The Angels get one against the Astros. The script was flipped in the sense that we're the ones who scored seven runs, and they got two (laughs) when it's usually the other way around. Right. And it was just a great win all the way around. Let's start with Patrick Sandoval and his start on the mound. Mike, what do you got to say about that? What a bulldog. (laughs) I mean, that guy fought and fought and fought. And I think the key moment in that game was that bottom of the fourth Mm -hmm. when he was battling Maldonado. He threw 11 pitches. They're fouling him off. And you can see him just going and getting after it. And he got out of the jam. And here's the thing that I think that we haven't seen with the Angels the last few years. You felt the impact of what happened in that inning. Him getting out of the inning applauding, clapping in his glove, and then you felt the momentum shift, right? Right. It just felt like the Angels were flexing in that moment, and they added what uh, Patrick O'Neill said is a crooked number in the top of the, of the fifth. And <laughs> then you saw, you saw the Astros really struggling after that. Like you, There was this desperation in them, and yeah. so you are accurate. The flip... The script was flipped because, and the flip was script, right? <laughs> and and you saw what happened there because now all, all of a sudden we're the confident ones and the Astros are not. And it all comes back to that bottom of the fourth. And so high five from the Frisch brothers to Patrick Sandoval. What a bulldog. What an ace. What a what a great way to win the game last night. Way to pitch, buddy. Way to pitch. <laughs> it took a lot of pitches to get through those four innings. And it would be nice as a starting pitcher to see some of these guys start to go five, six innings more consistently. But I got to say, against the Astros, he kept them to one run that entire time. And I think that that is the key takeaway here. Of course, I think we could all agree we'd love to see more pitch efficiency. We'd love to see more depth and length in an outing. But when it comes to keeping the Astros to one run, I think that you got to take that every single time. I would have loved to have seen him come back out because they scored so many runs the next inning. Mm -hmm. I think that at least let him come back out and see what he can do because he was only in the 80s, I think, when it came to pitches. And and now all of a sudden we can't let anybody get to 100. (laughs) And so I I, I don't understand that at all. I get that we didn't have much spring training and, and they're trying to be cautious, but because we had so many runs the previous inning, I think that you bring Sandoval back out and you saw the desperation yeah. in the Astros, but I'll, I'll tell you, Ali Ortega looked incredible. Yeah, and he, he did. came in and had a shutdown inning. And, and again, I'm, I'm shocked because it's a bullpen hand, John, from the <laughs> Angels that had a, a hear me, hear me, a shutdown inning. <laughs> hey, can I point out the fact that uh, I want to point out two things. The first okay. is that we tagged Framber Valdez for six runs total. And the we last did. time we saw him was opening day where he went six and two thirds 
and we didn't get any runs against him. I think, in yeah, fact, we, we had two hits against him on opening day. And mind you, it was 100 trillion degrees that day. But <laughs> also, I have to point out the fact that there weren't any home runs on Tuesday night. We played yeah. gap-to-gap baseball. We played smart baseball. We had some sacrifice flies. We had a lot of things going for us. And normally, we really rely on the long ball. But this time, it was all really good contact, really good base hits, really good yeah. hits into the gap, yeah. and just productive movement on the base paths. I, I really need to point out that <laughs> Kurt Suzuki uh-huh. had an incredible game, John. Yeah, he did. And you have not been a huge supporter of Kurt Suzuki. I think that the, the consensus on Twitter is also... We're like, what's he doing here? <laughs> Listen, I'm not talking about Twitter. You're I'm talking, talking about, about you. <laughs> this is this is family business here, all right? Family business. Uh-huh. We're having a family meeting. And I honestly think after last night's game, two walks, two run double, throws a runner out, looks incredible, scores a run. You know what I think you owe Kurt Suzuki? Hmm. I think that you owe him an apology. <laughs> Kurt. So anytime you'd like to do that, the the platform, the podcast is yours. I do owe him an apology because... He ha- looks like a completely different guy from last season. He even does. down to actually like stealing some strikes as a catcher this yes. Tuesday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he actually looked really good in some of those instances. He was still doing the uh, the flailing arms outside the car dealership <laughs> guy that you see yes. the wacky yeah. inflatable arm tube man guy. Uh, he was still doing that, but he did get a couple of strike calls uh, by use of his glove. But man, seeing him hustle from first to third on Joe Adele's double and then scoring later, I mean, that was a, it looks like a different guy. And I do have to say, bringing him back, I think you mentioned this before, Mike, bringing him back to stay reacquainted with guys like Jose Suarez and even Otani and Sandoval, guys that he has caught before. If we need a holdover for another year, I think that he can be the guy to do that. And as long as, I mean, gosh, being productive against the Astros, who would have seen that coming? I, Kurt, sorry, I take it back. And I'll, I'll even forgive the catcher's interference from Tuesday night (laughs) because we were all in your corner and then that happened, but you made up for it, my friend. Um, I won't make you apologize for your Sandoval slander, Mike, but uh, maybe we'll do that another time. Listen, this isn't about me right now. This is about you. And, and, and Kurt, if you're watching or listening, don't mess this up. He apologized. So so you need to be consistent from this point forward, right? You need to be consistent. If you mess it up, John's going to have to take that take that apology back. <laughs> hey, coming up on Lockdown Angels, we'll give you five reasons why the Angels starting staff is better than last year. But first, this episode of Lockdown Angels is brought to you by Blue Nile. John and I are both married. We both have the same mom. (laughs) And so Mother's Day is coming up. And we're going to be looking to buy our wives a gift and buy our moms a gift. And so we're checking out BlueNile.com because it's the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions and millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that they have the highest ethical standards. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing that diamond stud earring that John really wants, Blue (laughs) Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price that you won't find at a traditional jeweler, John. And here's what I really like about Blue Nile. They have a diamond price guarantee. So contact Blue Nile to compare a competitor's diamond against one 
of theirs. And in most cases, they can meet or beat that price. And here's what I love. If it's not perfect, no problem. 100% satisfaction guarantee. And this Mother's Day, you can give mom or the mother of your kids something that she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Angels listeners get $50 off a $500 purchase. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day, so use the code Locked On. That's Locked On for your code. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives again in a discreet packaging that won't give away the details of what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your favorite piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now for your next listen, check out Locked On Now. The Locked On Now podcast recaps all of the MLB games with analysts from local experts taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so there was some big news that came out about former Angels top prospect, Sean Newcomb, Michael. Old friend alert. That's right. He uh, was traded to the Braves along with Eric Ibar in the trade for Angleton Simmons. I forgot that Ibar was traded with him. You're right. That's right. That's right. So we had a little bit of a salary dump, but also a top prospect in exchange for Simba. Now, the news came out on Tuesday that Sean Newcomb was DFA'd. Former first-round pick, 15th overall in 2014. Yep. Traded to the Braves in the Simmons deal. He had one really good season with the Braves. He went 12-9 and with a 3.94 ERA in 2018. Man, but we'll take that. <laughs> something seems to have, have fallen off with Sean Newcomb, yeah. thus getting DFA'd on Tuesday. So I have, I have two questions for you. Okay. How concerned are you about the probability of success for the 19 pitchers we took last year in the draft. And then, would you take a chance on Sean Newcomb and bring him back? I'm going to answer the second question first. And okay, the answer is yes, absolutely. Yeah, why not? I think that you I think you got to take a chance. He's a lefty, first of all, a lefty starting pitcher. And I think you got to take a chance. You put him in the minor leagues and let him try to figure some things out. He's still young. And I think that it actually is an opportunity for us to maybe work some Matt Wise magic back into him, and (laughs) and let's see what we can do with him. And the reality is, if you look at our starting rotation, he only needs to go like three and a third, you know, four innings, right? (laughs) Like he's not going to have a lot of pressure on him. But here's the question that I really, as I think about this, how concerned am I about the probability of success for the 19 pitchers we drafted last year? There is a high concern because... This seems to happen more often with the Angels than Hmm. not. Hmm. We have really good people that we've drafted that seem like they're going to pop, and then they don't, especially on the pitching side. Yeah. And so I am concerned about the Sam Bachmans of the world. I am concerned that maybe they are really high, highly touted prospects, and they may not turn out for us. Mm -hmm. And. I think if you look at the probability across every team, it's probably the same conversation for every fan, right? Yeah. And so I just I just haven't seen somebody pop. I'm trying to think of the last time a really strong pitcher came up, and it's your boy, Jared Weaver, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Detmers? You know, Detmers is good, but Detmers has a lot of room to grow, and I, mm-hmm. I really like Detmers because he can throw a 74-mile-an-hour curveball and then... He throws a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and and keeps people off balance. But Mm -hmm. Detmers hasn't put it together yet, and so I need someone to do that. And the reason why I do mention Weave is because when he came up, 
dominant, like so dominant that they actually DFA'd his brother, Jeff Weaver, right? Remember that? (laughs) And went to the Dodgers. (laughs) Yes, right. Which I think where all the discarded angels go to. But I I haven't seen somebody like Weave come up and really dominate since Jared Weaver. And so I would love to see one of our young guys that we've drafted, like a Sam Bachman, when he does come up, just immediately have an impact instead of this, oh, you got to give them time and you got to let them figure it out. I would love to have somebody come up and they're they're the guy. They're the one that just, they rocked everybody. And and that's what I hope for. What, What are your thoughts on this? My thought on this is this was a DePoto pick which is a lot of who we're seeing right now in terms of Taylor Ward and Matt Ty- Matt Thice. And then you have some of the other guys that are kind of iffy that were uh, Billy Epler picks. And yeah. I think that I trust Perry and his, and his prospect picks. I think that the 19 pitchers they were able to sign last season, at least four of them will be decent. And, okay. and, and to be honest... That's really how these drafts go, right? You have these guys that you have a wide variety that you're choosing from, and you really hope that one clicks. And I think a Sam Bachman, a Kai Bush, those are the type that will click. And I I trust Perry's leadership, and I trust his scouting, and I think that they have made some organizational changes to start getting the kinds of players that are going to have success in the majors right away. And you have to think about the fact that we drafted college pitchers. So those guys are just a little bit closer to being on a major league level. A guy like Detmers. And now I know that wasn't a Perry pick, but he's somebody that who pitched in college, had success, and now is somebody who is making an impact in the majors. But you're right, he still has some room to grow. And I think that will come in time. He's got all the tools. He looks great. Yeah. But as far as Sean Newcomb, I say... Let's bring him back. If it's a DFA kind of thing and we have the ability to pick up an arm who might be major league ready and give him a try and see what he can do. Look, we saw what the Dodgers were able to do with Andrew Heaney. And if the Angels can unlock something within Sean Newcomb that could be beneficial for the team, I say, why not give it a shot? Wouldn't it be remarkable if Sean Newcomb and Ty Buttry had significant innings pitched on the Angels this season? (laughs) Right. That would be remarkable. I would love to see that. So you and I, we're in on Sean Newcomb. Let's sign him and let's see what he can do. Locked on Angels is brought to you by Built Bar. It's a low-calorie, high-protein bar, good for replacing candy bars, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. The good news is you don't have to feel bad about eating one because they are better tasting than any candy bar, and they're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to 300 calories, but most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, which is really good, and it'll fill you up. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious, and then they figure out how to make it healthy, which we appreciate. Mm -hmm. And have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't tried the Puffs, you're you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars. The Puffs are a protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, and they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, cinnamon churro, coconut, marshmallow, and banana cream pie. I think our brother actually would like banana cream pie. Yeah, he would. For his birthday. It was his birthday yesterday. Uh, these are going to be your new favorite. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order right now. Go to built.com today and get yourself a built bar. 
All right, Johnny, we have an interesting conversation to have. Yes, we and do. It is about the starting staff. Yeah. And you and I have both made it very clear. We both noticed and we both appreciate how this starting staff looks very, very different than last year's starting staff. Absolutely. And so you and I, we made a list of the five reasons why this year's staff is performing better than last year. So I'll start, we'll go back and forth, and, and we'll share some thoughts, ask some questions in between. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right, so uh, the first reason why the starting staff is actually performing better this year than last year is experience. And something that you and I have been preaching and, and teaching and yelling and screaming since last year is this is why you got to let the kids play, especially when things aren't going well. Like we are reaping the benefit of them being able to pitch last season, even though the team wasn't very good. And even right. though the season wasn't very good, right. we are reaping the benefit of that. And I see, I see that actually impacting how Sandoval is pitching, even Reed Detmers and, and some of the other young guys like Jose Suarez. And so the experience that they have is actually really helpful. And you saw that in last night's game with Sandoval mm -hmm. when he was pitching and he was pitching strong and had to get out of that fourth inning. What's the second reason? Second reason is, speaking of Sandoval, is staying healthy. Yes. Sandoval had the back issue last year. We know that Griffin Canning had the same kind of issue. Even Reed Detmers had to go on the injured list toward the end of the season. And if all of these guys are healthy and being productive, they make a significant impact on the starting rotation. Look, I know that we were a little bit upset that we didn't re-sign Alex Cobb, but I saw mm -hmm. the news on Tuesday that he's having some, some groin issues and had to come out of the game. And we know he's a little bit older. He's a very right. effective pitcher. In fact, he was great for us, and he would have been great to have in our rotation. But fingers crossed, our guys are staying healthy. Yeah. And the key to that is like a Noah Syndergaard. Thor coming back two years after Tommy John surgery and coming out of the gate firing on all cylinders. Right. That's awesome to see. And the same can be said about Shohei. Shohei's health was a huge point of interest last season. Could he stay healthy all season and do what he did? And he did it. And right. I think that health moving forward, not just for our starting staff for the entire team is important, but as far as our starting rotation, this is the first year that guys' arms aren't falling apart like they have yeah. from 2013 onward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've just had bad luck. What else, Mike? All right, so number three is uh, consistency. What I like about this team is that they know what their role is, and that isn't changing. They know that there is going to be a six-man rotation, and they know that they're going to pitch, at least at this point, it's been every seventh day. Mm -hmm. How holy of them, right? And so every seventh <laughs> day, they're, they're pitching. But I think that that actually has been a benefit to them because it gives them right. more time to study for the team, to stretch out. And I wonder if this might be a new trend in the major leagues as well, that because they're not pitching very many innings, you may need some more starting staff. And so for the Angels, it actually has been so far a benefit to them, knowing the the role is so important and we've seen that in somebody like Mike Myers over the last few games when he has come in I know he's not a starter but he's in the bullpen but he's come in and he's come in 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 situations that I think he can handle They're yeah not these high leverage you got to make a play you got to make a pitch and you got to get an out 
he comes in and he's mopping up or he's holding a lead or he's helping to not allow the lead to get away from the team. And so right. I like that our starting staff know their role and shut their mouths. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> the second rock reference, right? I, I love that though, because they know exactly what they're to do when they go out there and, and they're actually doing an incredible job. So that's number three. What about number four, John? Number four is going to be everything to do with Matt Wise as the pitching coach. Now, I know that our pitching coach situation has been a carousel of people over the last few years, but Matt Wise stepped into that role early on last season, and it was an interim role, and they decided to let him stay on as the coach, and it seems like it's paying off. He is learning his pitching staff. He knows what they need and when they need it. He knows when to go out and have a mound visit. It seems like each time he goes out and has a visit, whatever he's telling his pitchers seems to be doing the trick. And he's the one who's going to notice, hey, you're doing this wrong, or hey, you're you're delivering a little too quickly, or what have you. And what's funny is, is when you hear Mark Gubiza talk about what's going on with a pitcher, then there's a mound visit, then you see them immediately correct what Gooby was saying. So you know that there's some cohesiveness in, you have this experienced pitcher on the broadcast talking about what should be fixed. Then you see a guy like Matt Wise also identifying it. And then the pitcher's actually executing that. So I think it's really cool that Matt Wise is a part of that consistency, like you mentioned. Like he is there. He's the guy. This is his first full season, technically, as the pitching coach. Right. And I think it's great. I think that he's doing a great job. I know that we had some question marks around him at the beginning, but I think he's really stepped into the role really, really well. How about the next point, Mike? The last point, actually, is I think the most important we have aces that are around these young guys. And yeah. something that you have said often, and and I am now agreeing with you, at first I didn't, was somebody <laughs> like Patrick Sandoval is uh-huh. going to be an ace. Yeah. And, and he, yeah. showed, he showed that tenacity and that fire last night in the game and getting out of some of those tough spots. And I think he's going to be somebody that we can count on. And Reed Detmers hasn't put it together, but I think he's going to be someone that we can totally. count on. Totally, and, and And physically... They're going to put it together, but as we've talked about before, this is a young team, and this young team needs to get it together mentally, like in their mind, and and they have to see themselves winning and see themselves performing, and when Matt Wise comes out and shares with them, here's what you're doing, you have to see yourself releasing the ball this way and having your body move this way, and I think bringing in somebody like a Noah Syndergaard is so, so good because he's got this expertise, he's got this strong arm. And what I loved about what Noah said recently is that coming back from an injury, he's actually learning how to pitch and not just throw. Right, right. Because he, he could fire away when he was young, but now he's learning how to pitch. And that is going to impact all of this starting staff, I think, more than we realize. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day and now make your second listen Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan is the host and he likes to be called Soli and he brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, make sure that you are following us at Locked On Angels on Twitter and connect with Mike and I on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. Mike, what do we have on deck for 
tomorrow. Tomorrow on Locked On Angels, we're going to talk about Joe Madden, and he has actually come out and said that he really likes Andrew Velasquez at short. And some think that means that Fletch is going to move back to second. So you and I are going to tell the Angels what they should do. We're very good at that. <laughs> All right, that's going to be tomorrow's conversation. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And make sure you join us right here on Locked On Angels tomorrow. See you then.